Jamie Knight with you here on a Friday, on a beautiful Friday. Although, as the weather, the uh, temperature drops tonight, kind of these nice slushy roads will be a little slick, uh, so be careful out there. But above average temperatures. Just the way Belton Johnson likes it. Uh, you're getting a little sick of those minus 40 days. I know that, Belton. Sick of it? I don't want it. I didn't want it to exist, Jamie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, it was cold, man. Uh, that is, uh, that's what you get, uh, Belton. That's what you get. You chose Saskatchewan. Um, that's what falling in love does to a man uh, from uh, Coffeeville, Mississippi. Uh, okay, uh, Belton is our football analyst, of course. AFC NFC Championship game uh, this weekend. Let's start with the NFC news out of San Francisco. Is Debo Samuel full participant? participant in practice off the injured list. Uh, he does still have an issue with his shoulder, says it's a deep bruise, but he's not worried about having to protect himself during the game. How big of a boost is it to the 49ers to have Debo ready to go for the NFC Championship? It's a big boost, Jamie. just the fact that he's off the eye injury reserve, not injury reserve, but the injury lift there and everything, right? Because he is a big part of that offense. Even if he's banged up right now, even if he could be a decoy, that that helps a lot in everything, right? Because you got the other guy, uh, Ayuk over there. You got George Kittles. You got uh, McCaffrey. They got offensive weapons all over that place, and to have him back to do some of that is is huge. So when you look at the 49ers, how big of a challenge will a hot and confident Detroit Lions team be, or do you think the 49ers are going to roll to the Super Bowl? I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk at all for them. Uh, and when you talk about the Lions, throw the word gritty and tough in there too, Jamie, because you know that that team they're pretty darn amazing right now, and. Uh, they, they, one thing that they do very well, I'm going to tell you offensively is run the ball. They, they do that very well. And, you know, that's my, my worry of the 49ers. If you look the last week with the Packers, Aaron Jones, he had over a hundred rushing. They were doing, the Packers were doing pretty darn good there, right? So if the Lions, if they can replicate some of what the Packers, uh, you know, exploited that mm-hmm. 49er defense on, the 49 is going to be in for a long day. Okay, let's uh, slide over to Detroit. Um, what did you see last week uh, going into this week or even going over to the Rams game in the wild card that you like about the Lions' potential of actually getting to their first ever Super Bowl? I like their offense, Jamie. Plain and simple. I don't like their defense, <laughs> but the offense... You know, again, David Montgomery, they can run the ball. Jameer Gibbs, he's the change of uh, pace back. And did you see how he outran uh, Winfield to the end zone on a score against the Buccaneers? Like, that, he has game-changing speed. And then let's not forget Amon Ross St. Brown and Laporta, right? So the Lions, they do have pieces. They They got things going for them as well. That's gonna be that could be challenging for the 49ers. But again, if the Lions can run the ball, which they do very well, 
And the other thing, let's not forget about uh, Dan Campbell and him like going forward on what fourth downs and everything, right? We haven't seen that lately. I don't think I've seen it last week. Maybe I did, uh, but I don't recall it. The 49ers don't better not go to sleep on a fourth down because guess what? Dan Campbell likes to gamble sometimes. Your NFC champion is Belton? The 49ers. Okay. Just just playing. I'm sorry, Jamie. Playing is simple. The 49ers, they have a solid defense. And what does it come down to championship games? I hear it all the time. Defense wins championships. And the 49ers, I think they just Jerry Goff himself, even when he played with the Rams, because he would have faced the 49ers a, a, few, a number of times, right? I don't think Jerry Goff plays well outdoors, and I think he doesn't have a good rating against the 49ers the last couple games he's uh, played them. Okay, Pelton Johnson as the 49ers going to the Super Bowl in Vegas as we slide over to the AFC. The QBs on the marquee, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't get much better than this unless it was last week, Mahomes versus Josh Allen. Uh, what do you think we're going to see from Lamar in the biggest game of his life? I'm hoping he doesn't get too nervous, Damon, to be honest with you, because <laughs> You know, uh, I've seen playoffs games uh, with him, you know, a number of years where, you know, yeah, he'll have over 100 yards rushing, have 300-yard pass, and they'll still lose it. I think that was the Titans a couple years ago, right, and everything. Um, So that's the one thing I worry about him being nervous because guess what, Jamie? The Chiefs, this is their sixth straight AFC championship game. Do you think they're worried at all right now? They've been there. They've done it. They've seen things. I guess the only difference is that they're playing it on the road, right? Yeah, every, every other, all the other times have been at home, uh, of course, uh, losing in two of those uh, games, but have gone to three Super Bowls, winning twice. When you look at this QB matchup and what the Chiefs bring, what the Ravens bring, how well do you think these defenses can play against Mahomes and Jackson on Sunday? Oh, man, I, I, I think they're even across the board, Jamie. But I will say, with for me, with the Ravens, somehow I think they have a better overall D-line, right? But the Chiefs, the only guy you normally hear about is uh, Chris Jones and everything. So... And, again, when I look at the Chiefs' offensive line, you know, I've seen games this year where they haven't played so great, especially at the right tackle position. And, and I, maybe they I thought they were going to be missing one of their interior guys or something there. But Yeah, two weeks out this week. Yeah. So I looked at who was CJ, the Texans, last week. I saw pressure was coming just with the four guys up front. I think that could be the difference, but the Ravens, they have to stay in their lanes because Lamar Jackson, or not Lamar Jackson, but Patrick Mahomes, he has escapability as well. The AFC champion on Sunday will be Belton. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens, Damien. So you believe in the conspiracy theory that it's already set in stone with the colors of the Super Bowl logo that'll be the 49ers and the Ravens. 
I didn't know nothing about that till you spoke on it. Uh, I think yesterday. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you, I picked the Ravens and the 49ers when the playoffs uh, started. I had my little brackets and everything. That's who I had meeting up in the Super Bowl was the 49ers and the Ravens. Okay, Belton. Before I let you go, we we haven't spoken on this. I I want to know. Can you be truthful? Be honest with me. What was your reaction when you found out the Riders re-signed Mason Fine on a two-year deal? What was my reaction? I I wasn't sure how to react, Jamie, because I is he capable? I think he is, right? I didn't get excited. I wasn't uh, sad neither because they got to have somebody. And who's out there, Jamie? Not a lot. There's not a lot. Right? So at least you got some continuity coming back, even though we're probably going to have, you know, a whole new offense and all that. But at least you got some, I guess, familiarity, right? So, well, there's always I, this, right? You, you, br- you bring some guys in, and Mason Fine is your standard, right? He's your okay. He's the guy for now. And if you bring yeah. guys in, and there's two guys that are going, well, okay, they're already out playing them or coming oh. close to it. It's a CFL contract. You know this, Belton. <laughs> Absolutely. It doesn't matter if it's a two-year deal uh, at all, but we'll see. So, Belton Johnson, he's digging in for NFC-AFC Championship weekend. He's got the 49ers in the NFC. He's got the Ravens in the AFC. Uh, Belton, uh, can't wait to recap it with you on Monday. Sounds good, Jamie. You have a good weekend and enjoy the games. You as well, my man. That is Belton Johnson, our Football analyst, CFL, NFL, and NCAA go to here on uh, the Green Zone with a breakdown of the AFC and NFC championship games. Who do you have to appear in the Super Bowl? I'm with him on the 49ers. Now that Debo is healthy, I'm even more confident in the 49ers beating the Lions. I've said the Chiefs this week. I just, I'm worried about what Belton said about Lamar. This is the biggest game of his life. Patrick Mahomes has played in three Super Bowls. He's walking into that stadium going, I know what to do. Turns on his music. Hanging out with Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco, ready to go. Where Lamar and the Ravens, they're going to be like, "Mm, we're supposed to win, we're at home, but this is the biggest game of a lot of our lives. Who do you think takes it on Sunday? And we see in two weeks, of course, because there's a bye week, the Pro Bowl next week, uh, but two weeks away from the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Still to come here on the Green Zone. Oh, have you have you been noticing the gong show in Junior A hockey when it comes to Alberta? Of course, BC, they left. They were like, live golf. See you later uh, to Hockey Canada. Unsha- unsanctioned league. Five teams from Alberta are believed to be joining them. They're getting kicked out of the AJHL. What will the impact be? Is there any chance we're going to see SJHL teams leave? The commissioner of the SJHL, uh, Kyle McIntyre, will be coming up at 535 right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with the Air in the Green Zone. News coming in from the National Hockey League. Brendan Gallagher, a five-game suspension for the elbow of Adam Pellick last night of the New York Islanders. One of the more egregious 
dumb, idiotic hits we have seen in a while in the NHL. Like, there's sometimes you're going to the boards with a guy and you jump, shoulder catches his head, his head gets the glass, and it's... But last night, what Brendan Gallagher did was mind-bogglingly stupid. You're going straight across the ice. Pellick passes the puck, and you just lift your elbow, boom, right to the chin. That is example one in what not to do in the National Hockey League. Even if he would have hit him with a shoulder to the head, it's probably a suspension today. But a five-game suspension for Brendan Gallagher, thank goodness. When they when I heard it was not in person, because when it's an in-person hearing, it's a minimum of five. It could have been up to ten or more. But he was not offered that. It was a phone hearing, which is a maximum of five. So I was thinking, are they only going to give him like a two- or three-game suspension? But it is, it's five for Brendan Gallagher of the Montreal uh, Canadiens today. Pretty dramatic end to that game as well, as uh, the Montreal Canadiens did hold on for the victory, although Bo Horvat knocks it off the post in a frantic final 30 seconds in that uh, Habs win. I'm Jamie Nye. Welcome into the Friday edition of the Green Zone. I know a busy weekend ahead. It's that, it's that time of year, right? Uh, for all of us here in Saskatchewan, especially uh, those with kids. Uh, you got tournaments, you have competitions, you have practices, you're traveling all over. Uh, thankfully, uh, the weather looks to be all right. Might get a little slick in the evenings, maybe in the mornings with the uh, freeze after the melt, but I, I'll take these above average temperatures. All day, every day. Uh, But what's going on uh, tonight? Uh, Big game in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. But there's also some drama going on in Junior A hockey right now. And to talk more about that is Kyle McIntyre. He's the commissioner of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, who just as a matter of fact is on his way to that big game in Battleford tonight, the Stars against the Flin Flon Bombers uh, tonight, Kyle. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be intense, and it's kind of a bit of a role reversal, Jamie. So last year, of course, North Battleford had a record with very few blemishes. This year, it's Flin Flon. Whenever those two teams meet up and those coaches meet up, it's going to be an epic battle. Yeah, you have uh, Battleford has a 10-game win streak going here. Uh, Flin Flon's won nine of their last 10. Uh, that that's the that's the game of the night in the uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League for sure. Um, but as uh, before we talk more about how the season's going, Kyle, of course, more news coming out of Alberta uh, with BCHL already breaking away from Hockey Canada. Now five of the AJHL teams uh, joining them. W- what has the reaction been, not only here in Saskatchewan, but what is it like amongst Hockey Canada, the SJ, Manitoba, and Alberta, and the reaction to what is happening west? Well, I think uh, certainly more action off the ice than on the ice, uh, Jamie, in the past uh, 10 days here uh, in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. And, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate. And, I mean, there's probably lots of rationale for it. Um, I know as uh, as a CJHL, so nine leagues, 119 teams, uh, 3,000 participants, uh, we're really at the national level working very hard at rebuilding our relationship with Hockey Canada and, and really hoping to become the 
the junior A experts in Canada and really take more control of that as a as a group, as a CJHL. And we had lots of discussions in November, and uh, all nine commissioners are on side, and we really had a new vision for the CJHL, and we want to move forward. And and so certainly I think this announcement really came as a shock uh, to all nine commissioners, but more importantly to the Alberta Junior Hockey League. And, and I mean, there's all kind of rationale that you're probably going to see on, on social media and in the media. And the challenge that I would see from my perspective is that uh, I think some of the athletes, no one has really considered them in, in this whole scenario. And it's unfortunate how this is going to play out and not sure where it's going to go, but I mean, we're certainly keeping an eye on it uh, in Saskatchewan and in Manitoba. Uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, Manitoba Junior Hockey League, we do lots of things uh, in collaboration with one another. We have a big showcase coming up here next week where 60 of the best SJHL players are going to face off against Manitoba. And, and I know that I've spoken to Ryan Bertojic in Alberta about doing some similar opportunities. So I would say we're a little bit disappointed. Uh, I'm concerned for my colleague. Uh, but more importantly, I'm concerned for a league that has 60 years of tradition. Kyle, and of course, when news like this happens, and everybody goes like, why? The question is, why are these teams breaking away? And it's, it's, it's money, it's power, it's control, also recruitment because of Hockey Canada's rules. So with your commissioners, how much are you pleading with Hockey Canada to change some of the rules? Uh, yeah. so, to help so, you. So I think, I think Jamie, that, I think you nailed it with your uh, preamble there. I think there are lots of factors. Uh, there's resources. Uh, there's competitive balance. Uh, there's an unwillingness to, to follow rules that have been set by, by the branch and by Hockey Canada. And, and are there things in Hockey Canada that the SJHL and Hockey Saskatchewan are not happy with? Absolutely. But how do you change those things? Well, you build relationships, you try to influence, uh, you talk about items that would improve the game and improve the player experience. And those conversations are happening right now. They weren't previously. Uh, I think there's a new era in terms of the relationship between the CJHL and, and Hockey Canada. But, but really, everybody in the hockey world, I think, is struggling. Um, a traditional institution is under attack. Uh, there's more and more non-sanctioned programs. And I think that everyone is trying to understand how you can coexist and have player choice and family choice in that environment. And I would say that uh, probably the events of last week in the Alberta Junior Hockey League has has really um, increased or intensified uh, the need to have those conversations and to reach some kind of a resolution. Kyle McIntyre, Commissioner of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Is, Is the future turning into an area where Junior A hockey looks a lot more like the WHL? You know, I don't think so. I mean, those are conversations that we've had at the CJHL level, and certainly we've had those in, inside the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And, you know, like probably in our league, like we've really worked hard here in the last couple of years and, you know, developing uh, goals for hockey operations and business operations and, and developing a, a vision for our player experience uh, in our team. So we're working really hard here in Saskatchewan. We have very strong competitive balance as you probably see in our standings from five to nine and one to four, uh, all games are excellent games. So, so we're really not looking to, to uh, move to a model like the Western Hockey League. The CJHL is not the CHL. Uh, the SJHL is not the Western Hockey League. Um, our league is based on small communities with passionate volunteers and, and pro- uh, public ownership. Uh, we don't have any private ownership. We don't even have that hybrid in our league. So it's, it's really a, uh, 
it's a different entity. And, and I'm proud of, of our clubs and I'm proud of the league that we have. And I think all our clubs give an excellent player experience. But we certainly don't have the resources uh, that some of the private ownership would have uh, in British Columbia or in the five teams that are departing. So, Kyle, how do you keep the best 16- and 17-year-olds in Saskatchewan? Well, I, I think that uh, what we've been trying to do is uh, we work collaboratively with our branch, with Hockey Saskatchewan, with uh, Kelly McClintock and Derek DeRoe. And, and I think if you keep at the forefront what is best for the player, what is best for that, that player's individual development, not every 16- and 17-year-old is ready to play in the Western Hockey League. Not every 16- and 17-year-old is, is ready to play in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. I think in the past, uh, Hockey Canada really has only uh, recognized one pathway, and that's the pathway from 18U AAA up to the CHL. And, and there are multiple pathways for hockey players uh, in the system. And I think that the sooner people realize that and the sooner people say, hey, you know what, I'm not doing what's best for my program. I need to do what's best for the athlete or the player themselves. I think we are going to attract uh, better, higher-end kids. Uh, this year we got – we have 207s playing our league, uh, Cam and Kobe Perlinger. And, I mean, last year they had a, a whale of a season in 18U AAA uh, with the Swift Current Legionnaires. This year they had great camps. Uh, they've come in. Uh, they're playing at the highest level possible. And, and are they dominating? No, but they're competing and they're learning what a different step it is from AAA to Junior A. So I think that what you have to do is uh, you got to build confidence. you got to be transparent about your programs. So you got to have the uh, – the athlete's best uh, interests at heart. And I think you got to have a program that is really dedicated to developing the whole player both on and off the ice. Those are things that we can all be doing in junior hockey. And I, I should have explained why I asked about 16-, 17-year-olds. That's one of the rules in Hockey Canada about recruitment between borders. But when you're a breakaway league, you can recruit 16-, 17-, of course, because uh, the, there are no sanctions uh, for those teams now in Alberta and uh, British Columbia. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle. I think I got that right. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, uh, I'll come to that. So, I mean, that has definitely been a topic uh, that the CJHL has had amongst commissioners and we've had with Hockey Canada because if you're in an academy, if you're playing in British Columbia and there's no rules around mobility or, or players moving from one place to another, I think we need the same opportunity in junior A hockey. And again, um, that's something that's a privilege. You, you certainly don't want to overdo it because any program that's taken the 16 and 17 year old, like they're playing against men. So that player really has to be able to excel and that has to be uh, best for his development at that level. So I think that really what the CJ Challenge Junior A is looking for, and, and these conversations have been going on, Jamie. Uh, we just don't have a resolution yet. Uh, maybe there's more urgency right now. But I really think that uh, these kids can already move within within the non-sanctioned uh, uh, you know, school environment that, that they have. And kids are moving all over and looking for programs. So why can't, if we have a local kid playing in Nippon or a local kid playing in, in Yorkton or Esteban, why can't we have an opportunity to have that kid stay at home and play with his junior A team? Uh, well, Kyle, uh, let's uh, dig in a little bit. We talked uh, earlier we, when, when we started about, of course, Battleford and uh, Flynn Flon tonight. Flynn Flon, an unbelievable se- season so far, but uh, it has been a successful one for them. But also, uh, speak to the showcase coming up with uh, Manitoba and uh, putting uh, kind of best on best and helping these players uh, get the the, uh, the shine of scouts and everything else for maybe NCAA programs and recruiting for uh, for college university. 
Yeah, so it, it's going to be 60 of our of our best kids. And so in that 60 players, we have kids that who have committed to youth sport. Uh, we have kids who have already committed to ACAC in Canada. We have kids who have committed to NCAA. And we have multiple free agents. So at this showcase, we're probably anticipating that there's going to be uh, 80 or so scouts from, from different uh, different leagues uh, offering kids post-secondary opportunities. Um, it is super competitive. Like, it's not a... It's not a fly-by, pick-up, shinny game. Uh, there's a real uh, positive rivalry between the MJHL and the SJHL, and these kids are playing for keeps. And so it's probably even faster than some of the league games that you see. So really looking forward to it. Last year, the MJHL did an outstanding job of hosting, and we had uh, multiple offers uh, going to kids following that showcase. So we're looking forward to that again, Jamie. Well, Kyle, thanks for your time. Uh, safe uh, trip to finish off uh, getting to uh, Battlefords tonight for Flynn Flon and the Stars. Okay, thanks so much for your interest, and uh, have a great day, Jamie. That is uh, Kyle McIntyre, the commissioner of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Yeah, it's some interesting drama going on because now the five breakaway teams in Alberta say, we didn't agree to anything. What do you mean? We're going to leave, but we're not leaving yet. Let us play, please. Not sure that's going to happen with the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Um, but as uh, Kyle points out, so those programs, you know, you got private ownership, don't have that in Saskatchewan uh, with the SJHL teams. Coming up next here on the Green Zone, Champs and Chumps on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. You two are winners, big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best, and you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. Ah, you're a bad person. Uh, each and every day, one champ and one chump here on the Green Zone. I was going to chump my bosses, but I'll, I'll explain why in just a little bit. The uh, chump is uh, easily Brendan Gallagher of the Montreal Canadiens. Five-game suspension. You can't even explain the hit on how dumb it was. Elbow right to the chin. Unsuspecting player passes the puck. Puck's well off his stick, and he just elbows him square in the head. The, the, dumb, on, the only thing dumber is if he would have two-handed him with his stick, uh, but there you go. There's your chump. Now, why would I dare chump my bosses? Because they're not as cool as the bosses at a GM plant in Michigan. Have you heard this story? The champ today General Motors plant. Have you heard about this story? Of course, Detroit's playing in the NFC Championship game on Sunday. There is a shift that starts at 10 p.m. for General Motors. They start their eight-hour shift at 10. With concern that some of the employees might not be able to watch the finish of the game, the bosses at General General Motors said, you know what? We're going to start your shift at 11. Okay, give you extra time to come in. To work, we know. They said they have never seen this. Employees are like, there's been snowstorms and we're supposed to be at work. There's been other things we're supposed to be at work. But now, because of football and the Lions, the boss says, you know what? We're going to start the uh, normal production at 1042. Body and paint will start at 11. 
That should give you more than enough time to watch the whole game and then come to work. That's a boss I can get behind right there. 